Hello, this is Anthony Day with this week's episode of the Sustainable Futures Show. Last month, I went to the Biorenewables Breakfast. I reported briefly on it in one of these episodes and promised you more detail. One of the messages which came out of the event was that there was an awful lot that biotechnology can do to prevent materials from being consigned to landfill as waste. Another message was that more people need to know about the potential offered by biotechnology. Last week I was fortunate enough to talk to Harold Vandenberg of Critical Processes Limited and to discuss both these points with him. Well, this morning I'm talking to Harold Vandenberg, Director of Critical Processes. Now, we met at the Biorenewables Breakfast, and I was particularly interested in this because sustainability covers resources and resource scarcity and things like that. And you told us about the fact that you're developing processes to create usable materials from products which people would regard as waste. Um, is, is that a fair summary? And can you expand a bit on what you actually do at Critical Processes? Yes, that's right. Among other things, um, we're looking to recover valuable products from waste materials. Uh, our main sort of um, speciality is uh, environmentally friendly processes, um, chemical processes, to either produce a high-value product or to to clean a material that has contaminated with something that, that's a problem for it. Um, and our key technologies are supercritical fluids, which is usually carbon dioxide at a very high pressure, so it acts like a, rather like a liquid, is able to um, dissolve materials, and superheated solvents mostly water, but sometimes alcohols, which are liquids above their, heated above their normal boiling point, but they're under pressure, so they don't boil. So we have liquid water, maybe at 150 or 175 degrees, which is able to dissolve many things that aren't usually soluble in water. That allows us to extract or clean up various different things with water that you wouldn't normally think water would be suitable for. Uh, okay, now you, you said you were making uh, chemical feedstocks for, you mentioned the cosmetics industry. So are you replacing something which would traditionally be made from oil? The materials we produce would normally be, um, for the cosmetics industry, are um, mostly polyphenolic type materials, which... Are essentially new, new, new extracts. So they're not exactly replacing anything, but they are. A, they're a new, um, valuable material. For example, from grape pomace after they've made the wine, they've, the, the um, grape skins have still contain a lot of the antioxidants, and resveratrol is, is one that's, that's well known. And we're able to extract and concentrate that material, and um, that's useful in cosmetics as, as, as an antioxidant. And it's, particularly in Britain, the, the wine industry is relatively new, recently anyway, if you don't want to go back to Roman times. So there, there's new materials that are 
waste materials such as the grape um, pomace, which we're able to extract much greater value than just discarding them onto the uh, recycling them as, as either compost or uh, incineration or something like that. Well, that's a win-win because that means that the producer doesn't have the expense of disposing of the product as waste and you are making a valuable product out of it. That's right, yes. That's, that's, the, um, that's what we're, we're aiming for, is, is, to, uh, is to add value to, to, the, um, to the chain. And apart from the wine industry, what sort of industries would produce waste that you could actually convert into something? Well, we, we have looked at um, another material that we do make uh, on, on a, we're exa examining at the moment is waste husks from um, after from a particular plant, which is confidential at the moment. But uh, the husks after they've made the flower, they're, they're sort of waste. They're, they're not very valuable. So we activate the husks by heating it with superheated water, and that creates a high surface area on the husks, which are then very finely ground. And they're used as a as a selective filter aid. So, in again, in the wine industry or other beverages, if you filter your wine using this material, not only filters the wine, which you have to do anyway, but it also removes undesirable materials such as um, pesticides and um, naturally occurring uh, aflatoxins, which, which grow in the wine anyway. So, again, it's it's producing a, a new material that wasn't available before. Right, okay. And uh, other industries, apart from cosmetics and wine, what sort of uh, industries can use, can use the products that you create? Well, we have looked at um, recovering the rubber from rubber tyres. Mm. Uh, we, we were part of a consortium to look at re, re, um, de-vulcanising the tyre. At the moment, you can reuse rubber tyres as crumb, which is quite a low value product in mm -hmm. road surfaces and playground surfaces but if you could actually specifically target the bonds in the rubber that allow you to remould it you end up with a much higher value product yeah there'll be no shortage of raw material for that process well, that, i imagine that, um, we were part of a consortium that was investigating the devulcanization of, of rubber uh, on the part of the problems with that is the the economics. It, it's we, we were able to, as a consortium, uh, come up with the end result, and the, the rubber could be remolded. But the economics depend very much on different factors, such as the um, cost of virgin rubber. If that goes down, then the economics of recycling the rubber become much worse. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And are you doing this at a lab scale or are you doing it at an industrial scale? Uh, this was... We we did the sort of laboratory scale trials um, on the chemical agents and it's been developed to a small industrial scale, pilot scale. So the idea was not just to look at was it possible, but was it... Is it um, is it economic? So it was a demonstration. So it, it, it's producing sort of hundreds of kilos of, of material. 
Okay. So is it fair to say that you, uh, in, in some processes, you produce material for resale, but in other processes you are um, developing the technology which others can then take at an industrial scale to That's operate? That's the case, yes. It, okay. it depends on, um, on the nature of the material. So, so the rubber one, that's very large scale. There's, there's thousands of tons Yeah. this material, which for us to actually deal with in-house is, is not practical. So we are looking in that sort of instance to develop technology which would be transferable to other people and we will um, assist in, in, in the implementation of that. Whereas for other materials such as the polyphenol extract where we're talking the because the, the value of the product is high we're looking at you know, tens of kilos and we can produce that in-house. So we're looking at um, across the spectrum, really, from kilo scale up up to hundreds of tons. Right. Okay. One of the things that came out of the event that we uh, went to was that people were saying that an awful lot of people don't understand biotech, and they don't understand the potential for using what they see as waste. So, are you actively looking for other businesses to provide? products that you could process we're always interested it's difficult for us to know exactly what what's out there <laughs> is, is yeah the so we, we tend to respond to people who have told us they have a need right okay they say we have this stuff uh, or we want this stuff because um, we can put a lot of effort into making something and then find that we can't we can't sell it on the market hmm Okay. I was with an organization yesterday, and they said they were involved in, in a network. It was based on the industrial estate where they were, where all the organizations came together, and they all described the waste that they were creating, and they discussed amongst themselves whether any of the wastes that were being produced by one organization could actually be used by another organization. Now, have you come across networks of that type? No, we haven't really. No, but that sounds very interesting. It does sound like something that's... Because a lot of the problem is, is the awareness of what's, mm. what's out there. We, we simply don't know, and other people don't know um, what we could do with their waste. So, yeah, I think that's a very positive initiative. Right. Well, I'll find out more on that, and I will uh, let you have details, and I will also publish it in the notes to, to this uh, episode. So there may be scope there for, uh, well, basically for doing... Um, uh, more from less, which is what we're what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. And I say a lot of the problem is information and awareness. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there that that could be valuable that we simply don't know. Yeah, are, are there specific groups of wastes that that are more attractive than others? I mean, are you looking for something which is uh, biological or um, something which is um, more mineral? Or I mean, I'm an, I'm not a chemist or a scientist. You can tell that by the sort of questions I'm asking. But uh, most mostly we are. Um, I say mostly it's it's biological, but. We have done quite a lot of work on um, non-biological materials, but that's tended to be cleaning them up rather than extracting the product from them. So, um, but we have also looked at recovering liquid crystals from television screens. Really? Using um, 
carbon dioxide as a solvent. Uh, that was part of a consortium also. And um, again, yeah. it's... When you say liquid crystals, you mean the sort of crystals that used to be used in um, uh, electronic displays? That's right, yes. The, the television screens contain um, a very thin layer of liquid crystal, which has potential to be reused, but getting it back out is quite a, a problem. Right. Just getting it back out economically is, is a problem. So we were looking into um, recovering... We The project was to look at lots of different value streams that could come from old screens. Yeah. And uh, our particular aspect was looking at recovering the liquid crystals, which could be done, um, but at, at present the economics don't favour... Uh, Process. Right. So do you sometimes do this sort of thing in joint ventures so that uh, where, where the outcome's not clear and you don't know whether it's actually going to be viable before you start, do you, yes. do you share the risk with the, um, uh, the waste producers? We do, and often for that sort of thing, if, the, if, the, if there appears to be significant gains, the government will assist with, with um, partial funding through a grant. So there's government support for some of this then? There is, yes. Again, something which the market at large ought to know about. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the, uh, for companies, it's, it's an organisation called Innovate, used to be the TSB, which is largely um, funds this sort of industrial uh, research. Right. And, and do you have a feel for the potential? I mean, how much... Uh, um, how much waste is, is still going to landfill? How much of the waste that is still going to landfill do you think could actually be uh, recovered, at least to some extent, if, uh, if more people knew about this and more research was done? I'm sure that we could increase it significantly. Right, I see. Well, I have no way of knowing who's going to listen to this broadcast, but if there's somebody out there who's thinking, well, I'm making a, a product and I've got this waste, um, are you keen to hear from them to see uh, whether yes. you can work with them? Thank you, Harold. That's very, very useful. Thank you very much indeed. I've been talking to Harold Vandenberg, Director of Critical Processes Limited, and let me apologise for the quality of that recording. As you probably gathered, we were not in the same room. It's more sustainable to do it remotely. The network that I was talking about, that puts organisations in touch with other organisations which may be able to make use of their waste, that's NISP, N-I-S-P, the National Industrial Symbiosis Programme, and you can find them at nispnetwork.com. That's all one word. This has been another episode of the Sustainable Futures show. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've got any ideas, if you've got any thoughts, either do a review on iTunes or send me a mail, mail at anthonyday, that's anthony-day.com. And tell me what you think, tell me what you'd like to hear about, and uh, I will take all messages into account. So that's all for this episode, and there'll be another one next week. Thank you once again for listening. This is Anthony Day. Bye for now. Bye for now.